0: Hi there. Welcome to a new episode of Stories That Made Us. This week, we delve into the creation myths of the Native American tribes of Alaska. The stories covered today are the tales of the Inupiat of Northwest Alaska, the Kodiaks of Kodiak Island, the Lingit of Alexander Islands, and the Semchen of Southern Alaska. These myths, similar to the creation myth of the Siberian Chukchi that we covered in episode 13, involve the raven as the centerpiece of creation. The Inupiat are the Inuit or Eskimo people who live along the banks of the Noatak River in northwest Alaska. This is their tale of the creation of our world. There was nothing in the beginning, and the whole universe was dark and gloomy. In this pitch-black bleakness, there lived a raven. Now this raven, back then, before there was a world, was shaped like a human being, and it lived in the dark world above the earth. In the primeval darkness where the raven was born, He slowly became aware of his existence. He slowly understood himself to have a form, and gradually he examined himself, feeling his mouth, nose, ears, and other body parts. He was much like you and me, except that he had a bump on his forehead. This bump would eventually become his beak he would change his form to that of the ravens that fly across our sky. Of course, at this point in the creation of the universe and our world, everything was in a state of darkness. The raven, being unable to see anything, soon discovered that he could move around. However, he had to be careful and could only move on his hands and knees. As he wandered around and felt the surroundings around him, he suddenly came to the edge of an abyss. Suddenly, the ground from under him seemed to have disappeared. The raven quickly backed off from the edge, afraid of the sudden drop. Now as the primordial being moved around in the dark land above the earth, he found a little hard object. He did not know this back then, but this little object was a seed. The raven planted the seed on the ground around him to keep it safe. Over time, this seed turned into a gigantic tree. As the raven was examining this new tree upon the flat surface, a small bird alighted on him. The startled raven was taken aback, and asked who and what this bird was. It was, of course, a sparrow. The raven was pleased to find company, but the sparrow would come and go as it pleased, leaving the raven alone for long periods of time. He slowly grew lonely and asked the sparrow to stay with him forever. But the bird did not agree to this and replied, It is in my nature to fly everywhere. I cannot be with you. When the sparrow saw how dejected the raven was with its reply, it further said, Why not make yourself a companion? Why not fashion a friend from the clay around you? The raven thought about this and liked the idea. So he made a being like himself out of the clay. In the beginning, the raven and his friend got along very well. But over time, the friend became violent and angry. Sooner than later, this companion wished to be the sole entity in the creation. He would continuously pester the raven with angry rants and fights. The raven tolerated his friend for a while, until one day, it tried to murder the raven to be the ruler and creator of all. Finally, unable to deal with his companion and angry at his treachery, the raven threw him into the abyss. This creature would eventually become Tornak, the first evil spirit. The raven was lonely again. Dejected and upset, he made his way back to his home, to the very first tree that was planted in the world above the earth. Once there, he was astounded to find a whole forest had cropped up where the first tree was. As the raven looked and felt around the trees of the forest, he heard the unmistakable chirp of the sparrow. Together, the raven and the sparrow tried to explore the whole forest, but they were unsuccessful. They soon realized that to see the world, they needed light. This is when, upon the suggestion of the sparrow, the raven created the sun, showering the world with light. Now, with light to guide them in their ways, they explored the world above the earth. The two realized they were on an island that was surrounded by abyss. The raven and the sparrow were curious about all that was below them. The sparrow, with raven's permission, flew down to inspect this abyss. After a long while, The sparrow returned, and said that the land below was in the process of being formed. It was a land that was fertile, and remained a blank canvas for the raven to create. The primeval deity thus decided to land upon the earth, and form it in a way to foster life. To do this, he created wings for himself, much like those of the sparrows, but bigger. He did this with sticks and clay from the forest up above. As he designed his new wings, he covered his body with feathers to help with the flight below. He slowly transformed from the human that he was into the raven that we see and know of today. He and the sparrow then flew down to the abyss. This abyss eventually was to be the land that we know as the earth. Now as soon as the raven landed upon the earth, he set about creating. He first planted the seeds that he brought from the land above and spread them upon the earth. This brought to existence all the varied plant life upon the earth. He then created humans and animals. Some say he made humans out of clay. Others say he found the first human in a pod of one of his new plants. Either way, the raven brought humans and animals into being. The first humans were much like the animals, and so the raven taught them how to hunt, fish, and farm. He also taught the first ancestors the proper ways to behave. In doing so, the raven sowed the seeds of the first civilization and culture. Finally, when the bird was done, he left the people and indeed the world for good. He retired back to the world above. Now on his way back, He created the stars and the moon, so that humans could have light during the night as well. That is the end of the Inupiat creation myth. Our next story comes from the Kodiaks, who are the inhabitants of the Kodiak island in Alaska. Quite like the story above, the Kodiaks also attribute creation to the raven. Their story speaks of the raven as the bringer of light from the sky. Once the world was lit up, he brought a bladder containing the first man and woman. By pushing and stretching this bladder, the first of our ancestors turned it into the earth. It is this pushing and stretching that created all the features upon the earth, the mountains, valleys, and ravines. Trees, grasses, and bushes came to be where the ancestors scattered their hair that shed from their bodies. The oceans, lakes, rivers, and ponds came from the urine and spit of the woman. The man, in the meantime, fashioned a knife out of the woman's teeth and used it to chip some pieces of wood. These pieces he threw into the water. Magically, when the pieces hit the water, they turned to fish. It is this fish that nourishes all the peoples of Kodiak Island. The man and the woman then married, and out of the wedlock was born a son. This son once played with a stone. When tired of his game, He threw the stone away. This stone was transformed into an island. Upon seeing the island, the son chose to live here. He came with a female dog that was to be his wife. They named the island Kodiak and became the ancestors of all the Kodiak people. We now move on to the tale of the Lingim. The Lingit are a matrilineal tribe that inhabits the Alexander Islands and southeast Alaska. Their story, as is the theme of the episode, features the popular trickster and creator god, the Raven. The Raven, in this tale, was born as the son of the primordial deity, the formless, all-encompassing god, Kitka Osityaka. It was this great deity, who, upon birthing the raven, taught him how to create the world and all animals in it. The raven, however, was a slow learner, for he spent most of his time on pointless pursuits, chief among them being to play tricks on gods. But eventually, due to the primordial deity's persistence and hard work, the raven did learn to create a world. Now the world that the raven had created at first had no light. It was a ball of earth that hung in the dark universe. The raven was happy with his work, but the primordial god reminded him to create light. It was necessary, the deity said, for life and creation to come to be and flourish. So off went the raven in search of light. On his travels, he learned that in a land far, far away, there was a bee who had hid light in his house. The raven was determined to get this light, and so he decided to journey to the end of the world. Here he found a little house. When he knocked on the door, the owner opened and asked his purpose. The raven explained that he needed light. He stressed to the owner the need to provide light to his new world. The owner of the house, however, was not impressed. He refused to share his light with the raven and rudely slammed the door at the divine bird's face. The raven was angry at the owner for not only refusing him a bit of light, but also for showing disrespect. He was determined, more than ever, to get that light. With the owner being adamantly opposed to it, he thought of ways to achieve his goal through trickery. The raven began by observing the house, and soon found out that the owner of the house of light had a daughter. And so, the raven turned himself into a piece of dirt and went into the tumbler from which the daughter used to drink her water. Soon enough, he was swallowed by her. Eventually, the daughter became pregnant in this way and a strange baby was born to her. This baby had the features of a human and a raven, and had fast-moving bright eyes. When the baby grew up to be a toddler, it would cry all the time, pointing at the bundles that hung in the house. Nothing would placate the child. He just continued to point at the bundles and cry. He caused such a raucous that the owner of the house finally caved in, allowing the daughter to give the bundles to her child. The first bundle that was given to the toddler calmed him, and he played with it for a while. Afterward, he let go of the bundle, and it floated out of the chimney of the house and up into the sky. Once it had reached high enough, It burst open, and from it came all the stars that scattered throughout the sky. The toddler then played with the next bundle, and much like before, let it go after a while. From this bundle came the moon. When the child let the final bundle go, it turned to the sun. The toddler, having thus freed light for the world, followed the celestial bodies, and climbed out of the chimney as well. When out of the house, he turned himself into the raven and flew away. This is how we got light. The Divine Father saw the raven succeed in getting the light. Happy, he then instructed his son to find water. Light and water, after all, were the two ingredients required to bestow life upon Earth. To do this, the raven tricked another deity named Ganuk into leaving his covered spring unattended. It is the water from the spring that fills the oceans, rivers, lakes and ponds. So this is how the elements were gathered to begin life upon Earth the raven created all the features upon the earth and the first humans and animals as well back then the raven would bestow humans with many qualities such as high self-belief immeasurable strength and superhuman intelligence he did this by resorting to more tricks that he played upon other deities over time The first people, however, began misusing the power and privileges granted to them. They began to think of themselves as superior to both the raven and the supreme deity. Their behavior bordered on obscenity, insatiable personal appetite, and immorality. The raven, annoyed by these first humans, sought to clear the earth off them. He decided to bring in a flood. To do this, he found his way to the cliff in heaven, where there lived a woman who controlled the tides. Resorting to trickery, he made the woman raise the tides, thus releasing the water that covered the earth. This is how the first humans were destroyed. When the flood subsided, the raven made new humans out of leaves. The remains of the old humans, he turned to stones. These new humans are the ancestors to us all. Now it is because we are made of leaves that we must die, just as leaves do every fall. In the beginning, all the humans lived in the Alexander Islands but the raven wished them to populate the whole world. To do this, he gave humans different languages. This is how the many tribes of the world came to be. Our final story is of the Simshian. The Simshian people are a Native American tribe living in southern Alaska and coastal British Columbia. Their creation myth, as with most tribes of the region, centers around the creator trickster, the raven. We cover two stories of the Simshian. The first myth, featuring the raven, is a story where creation takes place in the cosmic egg. The second myth, is one in which sky deities become aspects of creation. In the beginning, the world was dark. There was no plants or animals in this dreary world. There were, however, humans. All mankind was one tribe, and this tribe was ruled by a chief. Once, his son fell sick. The chief called all the shamans and healers to cure the poor boy, but unfortunately nothing worked. The son died. The parents mourned their son, the chief declaring days and months of mourning for the whole tribe, the whole of mankind. One morning, the chief and his wife went to visit the grave of their son To their surprise, they found a dazzling young man standing there in place of their son's grave. The grieving parents asked who this man was, to which he replied he was sent by the gods of heaven. The gods, he said, asked him to come down to the earth and to the chief and his wife to stop the wailing of the parents and their people. The parents took the young man in as though he was their own son returned. This man, however, despite the urgings of the mother and the chief, would not eat. This continued for a while, and the parents were distraught, lest they lose their God-given second son as well. The chief, in anguish, told his people to see if there was any among them who could make the young man eat. All tried, but the boy was unwilling to put even a morsel in his mouth. It continued this way for a while. All the healers, magicers, and shamans tried to get the boy to eat, but the boy would have none of it. Finally, One of the shamans brought in his assistants, a man and a woman, both of whom were named Mouth at both ends. While the shaman was busy administering his medicines, the slaves talked to the boy in hushed tones. No one knows what was said between the three of them, but soon afterward, the boy began to eat. The more he ate, the hungrier he became. He ate everything that was put in front of him, and still he craved for more. Soon enough, all food in the village was gone, eaten by the young man. The villagers were distraught. They complained to the chief about the lack of food. Some asked their leader to send the boy away, for his appetite would make them all starve. Others sought to kill him in fear that he might finish off all the food in the world. After much thought, the chief visited his adopted son. He gave the boy a raven's mask and renamed him Giant. Miraculously, as soon as the boy wore the mask, he was turned into a raven. The chief then told him to fly southward. Giving the raven a bag full of seeds, he suggested to plant them for food. This way, the chief said, you shall never go hungry. The raven did as asked. He left the humans and flew south to the new lands. Once there, he planted the seeds, but nothing would grow. Having tried all to grow the seeds and failed, the bird returned to the chief, complaining the seeds would not grow. Upon hearing this problem, the chief remarked, What you need, my boy, is light, for no food would grow without the sun shining upon them. Where shall I find light? the raven asked, to which the chief replied, Well, son, you have to go high into the sky. Once above the clouds, look to the east. There you will find a house whose owner has all the light of the world. And so the raven flew to the sky in search of the house. Once there, he tried to ask the owner for some light for the earth, but the owner would not comply. Eventually, the raven released the sun, the moon, and the stars by impregnating the owner's daughter in a tale similar to that of the lingot. This is how the raven brought light to the world. Afterward, he created the animals and humans. The raven then brought all sorts of gifts to mankind, including death. The second story of the Tsimshian is of the coming of light. This tale is based on a story told to an anthropologist, Franz Boas, by a Tsimshian native in 1916. The story is recounted in John Bierhorst's book, The Mythology of North America. The details of the book are in the description. In the beginning, The chief in the sky lived in the heavens with two sons, named Walking About Early and The One Who Walks All Over the Sky. He also had a daughter named Support of Sun and a large tribe of followers. But there was no light. The chief's children were all strong, but The One Who Walks All Over the Sky was the smartest, It was he who was most upset by the ever-present darkness. So one day, he got his brother to help him make a cedar stick into a ring, out of which they made a mask. They then lit the mask, and the one who walks all over the sky put it on and headed east. Now the people were amazed to see a great light coming out of the eastern sky. It was none but the one who walks all over the sky with his lit mask. He became the giver of light. He became the sun. The one who walks all over the sky had to keep moving so he wouldn't burn up. He took the mask off at night in the west, but repeated this each day. The tribe formed a council to say how much they liked the light. But they begged the chief to slow down his son so they would have more light each day. When the chief told his son about the people's request, he told his father that this would be impossible, as the mask would burn him up if he slowed down. Finally, support of son, the daughter, said she would try to slow down her brother. So the next day, When the light rose from the east, support of sun came out of the south and called out to her brother, wait up. She caught up with him and tried to hold him in place, but eventually he broke free. This is why the sun stops for a while in the middle of the sky at noontime. The people were delighted, but now, The sky chief complained that his older son, walking about early, was not as smart as his younger son. Greatly upset, walking about early threw himself onto the ground and cried. When his younger brother, the one who people now call the sun, came home to rest, walking about early disguised his face with fat and charcoal and he told his slave to jump up and greet him loudly when he rose in the east. When his brother, the son, came back tired from his daily trip and lay down to rest, walking about early, waited patiently in the east. Now while he was resting, the one who walks all over the sky's bright face caused some light to come out of the smoke hole of his house and when walking about early rose in the east, that light reflected off his charcoal disguised face. When the slave made noise to announce his rising, the people looked to the east and were amazed to see what we now know as the moon. Later, the sky chief created the animals in the land below the sky, our world. When created, The animals formed a council, where they decided on the path of the sun from east to west. And they agreed that the sun should give light and provide growth for plants. There was a discussion about the cycle of the moon. When the dogs suggested that the cycle take 40 days, the porcupine pointed out that this would make the year too long, and that there should be only 30 days in each cycle. The other animals agreed. Irritated at the stupidity of the dogs, the animals sent them out of the council. And so it is that dogs still hate animals of the woods, especially porcupines. In the council, the animals went on to name the months. Meanwhile, in the sky, sparks came from the sun when he was asleep and these became the stars. By now, the daughter, support of the sun was disappointed by her role in creation. She was saddened that she had so small a role in all of this. And so, she wandered into the water in the west, and became wet. Feeling cold, she came back to her father's fireside, and the fire and the water created a fog that to this day helps calm down the heat of the sun. Pleased with his three children, the chief established their regular roles forever. These are all the stories we have time for in this episode. If you liked what you heard, check out episode 13 for a similar creation myth of the Siberian Chukchi. Please consider leaving a rating and a feedback on whatever podcast player you use. Why not follow us on social media to keep up to date with the latest? Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at stories, That's at stories, You may also email us at info.storiesthatmadeus at gmail.com. Do let us know of your feedback and comments, or just stop by to say hello. I'll see you again next week with more tales of our creation. Until then, goodbye and take care.